Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This is episode 49, the tune-up, relap, recap, lap four. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two. And this episode is brought to you by Brembo. Brembo is a world leader in the design, development, and production of braking systems and components for cars, motorbikes, industrial vehicles, and machinery for the OE market, aftermarket, and racing. The group has recently branched out into the design and production of safety systems. Well, thank you, Brembo. My uh, my brand new car needed brakes, and uh, it was weird. <laughs> and I chose not to go back to the Chevrolet dealer. I just had Brembo install the new ones myself, or the racing themselves, brakes you know, on, your, so. on your new Chevy Cruze. Perfectly timed. I actually did just. Inst- I talked about this, but I did just install new brakes. Yeah. Like, not too long ago. Yeah, we talked about I that. Didn't, and... I sadly didn't get my brakes in time, so I'm waiting for my next change, mm. which will probably be soon, based on how fast your brakes just got replaced. No, it, so. it was terrible. <laughs> Well, we are back here. We are looking back at lap four, the walk down memory chain, the necklace watch lap. We have some exciting announcements. As as you heard on last week's lap five preview episode, we are officially weekly now. So next lap is not only the driving school lap with Kara, which is she is joining us for every one of the Fast and Furious movies. But in those wait. off weeks, Joe, you and I are going to start the Brian O'Connor lap. Which I'm excited about because we owe um, Ben... His, uh, movie yes, so we have not, we've still not announced what movie Ben has picked. We will be doing that sooner rather than later, uh, but it is a Paul Walker movie. So Joe and I are going to be watching, I think we've picked three Paul Walker movies. I think we have Ben's, and then you and I basically each picked one, and then we're letting yeah. the patrons pick a fourth. Yeah, that's a cool way to, yeah, that's really cool to include them. So we've got some other uh, special surprises here. Most things have to do with Paul Walker or Brian O'Connor, not everything, but there's some fun stuff coming up. So yeah, so it's it's exciting to look forward to lap five. We're going to skip extracurricular activities today because it's been a while since we recorded because the mailbag doth overflow. So Amen. I want you to get there post-haste. Fine by me. Before we do that, we have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash too fast too forever or too fast too forever.com. Special shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, and Alex Elliman. Ooh, new patron. Who's Alex Elliman? Well, we will find out. We will hear from Alex a little bit later. But thank you all for supporting us over there. Now, here's the important thing. I think I mentioned this on the Lap 5 preview lap. Now that we are weekly, there are pit stops to be voted on. Every Patreon member, every patron who supports us over there has voting rights to not only vote in special fan selection movie each lap, but there's okay. also a tier, I think, where you can choose an entire themed lap so like i feel like i really Very want cool. you guys to talk about vin diesel for a lap or about tyrese or whatever you know you want yeah. us to watch baby boy eight times <laughs> please don't but you can do that over there at too fast forever.com but in addition to all of the you know fast and furious minute document which are going to do this episode in addition to the eternal love and support of us in addition to all of the possibilities for merchandise and swag you can also now vote. Should we do a, a preview of just Chapter 3, the, like, our highlighted one on, on the Patreon? Should we, like, give them a little, little taster? What do you think? What do you mean? Of, of lifespan? Yeah, just, like, just like be like, hey, here's Chapter 3 if you want to pre-read it before you hear the, the live audiobook of it. The non-live audiobook Oh, but the it. text? Well, I feel like yeah. reading the text is a different experience. I mean, we can. I don't think that But there's... it would be, like, the read-along. You know what I mean? You could, Ooh, like... okay. Not the ride-along, the read-along. Mm, maybe, maybe. I like that. That could work. And also, you know that like this is so heavy and so emotional that like even when you read it, when you read it again, you don't remember what happened. 
if you read it twice, it's not like a huge deal. We can just put up the, the link to the entire document if they want to read ahead, if they want to uh, yeah, stay there. That's that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't know if you wanted to break it down like as you release one, you just like put the chapter up, like our edited chapter. Yeah, I uh, I want to give the the keys to the kingdom and just hope that people you know read along with us. And plus, I mean, they already know what it's called. They could go out and find it already. But now this gets the yeah. color coded. You can sort of follow along the read along lap. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Let me yeah. let me make a note of that to do. Obviously, we have it saved in case you know she ever finds this and deletes it, to hide it from us. So we have the whole text. The podcasts are out there. We don't necessarily reference her by name, but now that they're on YouTube too, I feel like there's just more chances for Lunar She Wolf to find us, to hear about us, and either find the admiration and the love and respect that we want to convey to her. I fucking love it. Or yeah. just think that we're being mean. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know. But uh, the the ball's in her court, I guess. So, but we have the script saved. Patreon.com slash Too Fast Too Forever to read along. I would love to have her give us a character or read for Ellie one chapter. That would be amazing. So you know how you want to be in the Fast and Furious movies that you want Tyrese to be like listening to the podcast or Ludacris to be listening to the podcast or whatever? Absolutely. What if instead would you settle for us being written into YAML? Oh my god. It would take so long to get there, but I would love to have two random characters be Joey and Joe, right? I think it would take, tw- I think if I, if my math, my quick math in my head is right, I think it's going to take like 12 years to get through it all. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, I, we have time. Nothing but time. Nothing but time. So, we also have yeah. iTunes reviews. If you want to leave us a review on iTunes, uh, you know, this is the best, I don't exactly know how iTunes algorithms work, but if you want to give us five stars, write a review, it propels us up in the rankings. Shout out to Dr. Wobstaqua, who Ooh, is that? Alex Ellenin, I believe, because I think he also writes in. We'll get to that in a little bit. The best Possibly. Fast and Furious podcast, five stars. Wow. Wow. I've listened to every episode over the last six weeks. Oof. Wow. And my opinions on this have spanned the entire range of human emotion, but I finally accepted it. Joe and Joey have decided to do what I didn't and document the foolish endeavor to make this series last forever. The guests keep the episodes fresh and special mention to Wes always comes in with the corrections i find myself shouting aloud in the car to no one in particular i like that west gets a shout out too that's you know that's cool yeah he's well he's adopted you know how it is west is like our jesse he's the vital support that keeps he's the going because he's like he's always in the background mm-hmm. and you know you might not you might not see him every episode but he's pretty much always there yeah. and he's part of the original family so if you can't get enough of these movies this is a great way to relive them every two weeks for eternity and since i know y'all will read this oil is one syllable it's a diphthong like way it's not way well that is now the second oh. listener who has said that i am wrong but i'm sticking firm that i think nick said his brother-in-law or someone is an english teacher and that it's one but i refuse oil I do like the I like the the word the choice of word diphthong. Yeah, like I, that's a very good word just in general. Mm-hmm. So like it follows the the up and down of what it means too. You know, sure. like diphthong, sure. it goes up, down, up, down. The email bag, like I said, has been overflowing. So let's get into it. First email from Jake Freer. What's up, Jake? No real context to this email. Just want to be two hundredth. Love you guys. If you remember the last episode, I said that we have one hundred ninety nine emails. Well, Jake. Thank you for being 200. You win the 200th email. Yeah. Good job. Next email from Nick Burris. No subject. Hey, guys. First to say I missed last week, so no. So this is a big email. Okay. There's no death wobble in my Jeep, but when I replaced my steering stabilizer, <laughs> I drove it out, and it was fun, but couldn't go more than 35 miles per hour. <laughs> that was the death wobble joke about the, because I was in the boomers yeah. group. It was just like following car memes for days, so yeah. Just watched Italian Job and really can't believe I've never seen it. 
pretty cool. Wow, really? That was a really good movie. I liked it. By the way, Joe, too, I had the Marky Mark as the voice before you said it, so I was going to mention it, but couldn't call you right there and say it. LOL, we'll have to go halfsies. But if you remember, Mr. Mike Manzi had that, too, so you guys are going to have to split this three ways. So any credit, any proceeds... You, Nick, and uh, Mike all together. I'll have a three-way with Nick and Mike. I would believe if The Rock was going to be president, he would be a Republican. I could be wrong. And I think we were saying that, uh, you know, Ooh. he was talking with Elizabeth Warren about how she's like, I can't wait for ballers. And he, yes. and I was saying yeah. that I wish that she endorsed him so that they could and have, we always you know, want The Rock to run, right. for sure. But I think that would be the grand unifier, right? Like, there's nothing, what could bring the country better to get together more than if a Democrat endorsed a Republican? You know, one future it's just the rock i think the rock transcends political parties yeah. and to me it wouldn't even matter what party he chose because it would just be like the rock versus a politician and it'll be awesome yeah so nick says corona's also good with grenadine in it the red sugar liquid found it out in army days that's uh that's candy coronas the rapper the game references candy coronas all the time really? and yeah i've never actually you know what i mix grenadine in a lot of stuff were you is were grenadine you the thing in shirley temple yes okay do, were you here when Rachel and I were drinking Dirty Shirley's that, no. that were like, we would so. mix like vodka, ginger ale, and grenadine? You know, she slangs booze, so she had like a sale on huh. okay. on vodka, and we were like drinking a lot of vodka because it's like stupid cheap. Right. And we were drinking Dirty Shirley Temple, so we always we always have grenadine in the house. I really like it. Do you, yeah. do you add it to the Coronas or no? I've never tried it with the Coronas. No, I've heard of it. Like I said, the game references it, like the rapper. I've yep. I heard it from him. Actually, I think he had like a mixtape called Candy Coronas or a song on a mixtape called Candy Coronas. And then I was like, what is this? And I looked it up and it was Grenadine and Corona. And I, But I've never tried it. I've, Hood now Morning, I, No Typo, Candy Coronas, a mixtape by the game. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that makes sense. Cool. It was a good mixtape too, actually. Nick says... Also listen to Have This Get Made episode about Hobbs and Shaw. Never laughed so hard at a podcast. I mean, I've been shouting them here that they love those movies the way that we love those movies. That's a great yeah, episode do. to listen to. And they're funny dudes, man. Jason Manzukis. They started with five. I think they maybe probably did six, but I don't know. I know they did seven and eight in Hobbs now for sure. So there's at least four, if not five episodes. And yeah, they love those movies. So yeah. And I love those guys. Like I said, dude, I love... You know, Jason Manzoukas, Rafi. I think it was a guest who mentioned Bonnie Tyler. I'm a big fan of all those classic female singers. Stevie Nicks, Hart, Janis Joplin. Also love the newer female rock singers like Hailstorm, Anna Marth, and In This Moment. I'm a big Stevie Nicks fan. I love Rumors. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. Rachel and I listen to it all the time. Oh, speaking of, I mean, whenever I think of Stevie Nicks now, I know that she has, you know, a storied musical career and she's one of the most influential and important rockers of all time. But I just think Go about ahead. how she's the grand witch in American Horror Story, and she is, that. like, the, the Witch Supreme. You know, as we're recording this this past week, I've not watched it yet, but the new season of American Horror Story started. I started it. It's like um, American Horror Story meets Stranger Things meets Sleepaway Camp so far. I am loving it. I'm here for it. Also, you know, I know because, I mean, Emma Roberts is in it, Billy Lord's in it. I know yeah. that I'm going to love it. I just haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet, but it's on my TiVo, waiting. Also, if you're a fan of Stevie Nicks, you know, that usually means you're, like, a fan of musical things in general. Mm -hmm. The documentary that was... What was, which one was it? it? Was with Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine? What was it called? Oh, the Defiant ones. Really awesome. Stevie is involved in that story in a way that I didn't know before. Maybe you did. I would say give it a check. It's a fun docu series. It's like five episodes, hour each, and I was like super sucked in. If you if you like classic rock, it's something for you. If you like hip hop, it's something for you. If you happen to like both. It's awesome. Just a little recommendation for anyone out there. I have firmly in my brain, I don't know if I've ever told this story. I think I probably told you, I don't think I ever told it on a podcast, but when I was watching that was when I was moving out of my apartment into my parents' house for six months to save up to buy my house. 
Yeah. And I was waiting for this guy to buy some bookshelves, and he kept pushing it later and later. He was supposed to show up at 6, then it was 8, and then it was 10. He finally showed up at 11. I remember this. Yeah. And uh, he was very upset that I when – he, when I opened the door, I was like, oh, cool, you're here. Like, let's get the stuff out. And he, like, was very upset that I did not greet him properly, and then I <laughs> treated him with disrespect. And I was like, dude, you're five hours late. Like, what do you want from me? <laughs> but anyway, what I was watching while waiting for him is the Defiant one. So I don't remember a lot about the story, but I remember being like, where the fuck is this guy – and then he told me that I was rude, <laughs> that I didn't, you know, that he was going to buy all of them for, like, a wild discount that I was never going to agree to. But because I was so rude to him, he was not going to buy the things for me. And all that meant was that I sold it to somebody else for what I wanted, to, like, what I was asking for. You know what I mean? It's just like, okay, you know, he lived with his mom. Like, he was probably, like, 45 or 50, like, lived with his mom, this short guy. Oh, maybe he was Bagel Boy. Maybe it was Bagel Boy, dude. Oh, he man. In Jersey. It actually might have been Bagel Boy. Like, I know it wasn't, but also, it could have been Bagel Boy. It really could have you're in jersey that's where he was oh boy wow. bagel boy now fighting lenny dykstra i don't remember when that is i think that's soon in celebrity boxing 69 yeah. or celebrity fighting or whatever so yeah no but that guy like imagine like well thanks siri bringing up lenny dykstra stats i, I don't know why but uh thank you siri <laughs> but yeah imagine bagel boy and he was who was buying bookshelves from me so it's a great story i wish it was bagel boy. but i do want to say to nick that i prefer female vocalists i don't know what it is whether they're pop or rock or anything i just like a lady singing Same. i just think it's cool it's better a woman's voice is soothing to me so i think there was why there were so many good movies in 99 because people were trying to make that money before the world ended in y2k lol maybe we were talking <laughs> remember there was uh oh gwyn was saying that her boss her former editor wrote a book about movies in 1999 yes you know right now over on the tom tom club mike and i are talking about eyes wide shut and magnolia two of the i'll say greatest films of all time probably and both came out in 99 both tom cruise in them and so they, like, if you look at the movies that came out in 99 it is it's a stacked list ridiculous We've talked, yeah it's so crazy i mean my, maybe my two favorite movies of all time the matrix and office space both came out in, like it's just it's just Fight insane too right Fight club mm-hmm yeah, it's a crazy-ass year. There's like 20 stone-cold classics. It's crazy. Yeah, like undeniable classic films now. Like, but I do, yeah. like, I do like Nick's idea that it's uh, because people, it, they wanted to make the money before the world ended. So yeah, just put, like, let's have all the good ideas happen right now. It works for me, man. I always like Vin in other movies because of his car selection from, of course, Fast and Furious, but Triple X on the 66 GTO. And even in the knockaround guys, he drives an 80s van. Awesome movie, by the way. You've never seen it, have you? I don't know. If I've heard of the knockaround guys, I think, but I've never seen it. But 80s van, like, I'm down. Yeah, I'm down too. Maybe we could do that on the Vin lab. Yeah. Last thing to mention, there seems to be a lot of girl-on-girl makeout sessions. I was at a Colt Ford Florida Georgia Line concert, and a couple rows down, Ooh. girls just started making out. Love is love, but also, was you know, if, they, if maybe there? maybe what that meant is that, like, Rob Cohen was shooting a movie and you were in the background of it. <laughs> maybe, yeah. He's doing a Florida Georgia Line documentary, like one of those concert documentaries. More importantly, Nick sent through uh, pictures of his tattoo, which started off what looks kind of Samoan. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, and then he starts to outline it. No, he's, he's getting it covered. In some uh, some military theme. Oh, Here. dude, this dude's doing an awesome cover. I can just see like the way he's lining it There's a different, up, different angle of it. Yeah. Shit gets crazy. Like, we go, it, this is insane. Full this sleeve. is intense. I love it. Yeah, it looks good, too. That is, yeah. uh, that's great. That is a real solid, uh, it's more than just a sleeve. Like, it's a sleeve that creeps down onto his, like, where the rock has his Samoan tattoo on his, on his left breast. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, Nick's got that all. I mean, this is a this is a beautiful tattoo. I would love to get covered. I just don't have the cash for it. Like, if I did, man, I would fucking love it, because I'm a huge fan. It looks great, too, Nick. I like it. Well, I know in the recent episode, what was it, our Hobbs and Shaw episode, Mike was talking about how he was in a chair 
he for just two hours, three hours, and yeah. he said he wanted to cry, but he didn't, you know. He, did, he didn't cry, but he wanted to cry. Like, this is hours and hours and hours and also lots of money, so, whew. Yeah, lots of time. Dedication in a lot of, of different time. ways, yeah. Even, like, small tattoos will take... You saw Mike's, so imagine if that's two or three hours. Like, imagine what something like this takes. Like, this is a couple sessions. Thank you, Nick, for writing in. Nick, uh, Nick sent another email later, um, cool. so we'll come back to him. Next two emails are from Jenny. Subject lines, inquiry, and then inquiry answered. So I'm going to read them back to back because they're okay. about the same thing. Hi, guys. Just listened to episode 44. And wondering why I don't know the significance of 1327. Why is it the date of a party uh, I said I'd like to attend? Also, I watched several seasons of Ink Master, but got tired of it and now don't have access to it, as well as several seasons of LA Ink, Miami Ink, and some others. It's amazing how much yeah. talent some of those artists have. That's it for now. Later, Jenny. P.S. Emailing from the garage after getting home from work. So it was. It was. She was in the. She was in the right moment. She was in the garage. We're, too, we're so reading this felt. one from the garage. We are recording live from Giselle's garage. Oh yes. We, we are. don't know what Giselle's garage because we don't know her character name yet. But we are in uh, Braga's lieutenant's garage, recording this <laughs> lap four tune-up recap. Recap. I too get burnt out on Ink Master, but we are caught up. So we usually watch it weekly and it's a little bit more palatable that way. But I can get burnt out on it even if the tattoo artists are crazy good. Are they? Like, I'm, I'm imagining because I've never seen it. I'm imagining that like even though it's great, like is it like, it's probably the same format kind of each week? Like it's, it's, this, it's the same. It's yeah. like you do, you know, you have like 10 tattoos. They do like a, a beginning challenge where they have to do something wacky like, you know, paint with toothbrushes in their teeth or something. You know, I mean, sure. Then they'd like pick the tattoo guys. Then they do a set of tattoos. They vote who's the worst. And then sometimes they're like, OK, the shittiest people have to do another tattoo. And then we decide who to vote off. Hmm. So it's the same format. So even if they're different tattoos and stuff like that every week, you can definitely get burnt out on it. Right, right, right. Have you watched L.A. Inc. or Miami Inc.? I don't, th- I don't know if I knew that I those did. existed. That was what um, Kat Von D was on. Oh, OK. So I know from. her. I don't know where she was from. OK. Yeah, yeah, she did, um, I think, Miami Inc. I don't know what, she started on one, then she had, like, her own. I've watched those. Those are more reality TV than they are tattoo shows. Gotcha. That's why, like, Ink Master now. It's more personalities with, than the actual art. Yeah, yeah, it would be like, you know, this is what they're doing. Like, people come into the shop, like, they show tattoos and stuff, but it would it would be a lot of, like, characters. Right, As okay. opposed to, like, a competition. That makes sense. So. Um, and then Jenny follows it up with Inquiry Answered. Hi, guys. So I just sent an email about the significance of 1327. Later on, you use 1327 as part of the quiz question. guess I should have just kept listening. And if you're <laughs> listening to this and you don't know, 1327 is the house number Address. Yeah, of the Toretto home that gets blown up by Shaw. So justice for Han and also justice for 1327. <laughs> yeah, true. Jenny says, boy, was Kate a fan of the series? She brought some real insight with theories and such. Also, wondering where crepes fall in your pancake waffle preferences. I'm not really a pancake waffle enthusiast. I'm more about eggs, hash browns, and breakfast meats. It always comes back to food. Later, Jenny P.S. sent from a grocery store parking lot. <laughs> food on the mind, food in front of her. I, I really like the, the drop pins that she's sending yeah. us from where they are. It makes me happy. Thank you, Jenny. I don't know if I have an opinion on crepes. There's a place in Pittsburgh called Pamela's. It's really good, and it's famous for its crepes. Okay. And I think they have excellent, excellent crepes. It's famous enough that when... Obama was president. He came to Pittsburgh for some reason, and he ate at Pamela's. He enjoyed it so much that he later invited the like owners and chefs from Pamela's Pamela? to come to the White House. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> Maybe Pamela. <laughs> invited them to come to the White House and prepare crepes for him at the White House. Like, wow. their crepes. Yeah. I do like crepes. I don't order them often, but if I'm home and I go to Pamela's, top tier. I'm a huge fan. 
So, and that's my, when I think of crepes, I only think of Pamela's. Like, I don't have, like, a widespread idea. And the, and Pamela's crepes are more, like, really thin pancakes as opposed to, like, like the really flat crepes, you know what I mean? Like, French crepes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still a pancake batter. It's just, like, thinner, and, like, they roll strawberries or blueberries or whatever inside them. You were just talking to our friend Kate last night about uh, some places in Pittsburgh to go eat and places in New Haven to go eat, and she was yeah. saying about cannolis, and, like, you know, I, I, I think I guess she prefer, like, I feel like a crepe sort of borders that line where it's like chocolate chip pancakes or like whipped cream on pancakes where it's like I'm not I'm not comfortable having that it's not a bad thing but I just that's not what I want for breakfast I would I would sort of err toward the side of Jenny like you know the breakfast meats and potatoes and eggs and stuff like that yeah like more of a uh, heartier than a sweet breakfast I want all of it so like I usually use my pancakes or crepes as breakfast dessert so like I'll get eggs toast hash browns things like that and then i'll order a side of pancakes too and then i'll eat all the like the breakfast things and then eat the pancakes at the end and be like this was my breakfast Mm, get a whole pattern down all right exactly yeah that's that's like if rachel and i go out to breakfast i usually order like two breakfasts because second breakfast sec yeah i want second breakfast it's like i'll get like a short stack on the side and that'll be like the end of my meal i'll eat that and be like okay cool i had some sweetness at the end well there's no better way to transition from food talk into an email from someone who does not care for the enjoyment of food. <laughs> Mr. West Hampton, relap fast, recap furious. What up, fam? What's up, Wes? It's nice getting Mike back in to talk about Hobbs and Shaw, and I really love his enthusiasm for the movie. Same. I don't know that I would rank it as high as him. I'll find that in a minute when I do my rankings. But I really like the movie, and I'm glad to hear other fans do too. Not a ton of yes. notes this week, but I'm excited for the relap to find out what the next pit stop is. Here are my new episode observations. Okay. Joey, since you told your story about your Hobbs and Shaw movie experience, which is when I saw the high school or college-age couple basically having sex in the movie theater, I thought I would share mine. I would say our Hobbs and Shaw experience was probably the second worst movie-going experience we've had. I don't remember if I told you about the worst one. It was also at a draft house when we saw A Quiet Place. I generally try not to be the person that complains about how things have gone downhill and reminisce about the good old days, but I've been going to Alamo Draft House for 16 years. It says the first movie I saw there was Ang Lee's The Hulk. And while I have seen them get the opportunity to do a lot of amazing things as they've grown, I've also seen what their newfound expansion and popularity has done to the crowds that come to the theater. Unfortunately, it's just a fact of growing their customer base beyond the more dedicated film fans. Here in Austin, going to a draft house isn't much better than going to an AMC anymore. I think that's the kind that of the problem. Like, it does suck. I think it's just, you know, you can either be like a, a weird indie theater or you can just show mainstream movies and kind of cater to that audience too. And I think Wes knows better than me because he still lives there. But when I was down there, sure, it's just like a regular movie-going crowd, but I think there's a nice balance between the normal mainstream stuff or whatever and also like Terror Tuesday and Weird Wednesday. And like, they care more. It's just that the audience they're attracting now is just... People want to see movies as opposed to, like, cinephiles. Yes. And you just, it's the natural progression of anything that's, Mm -hmm. like, a cool niche thing. Like, you know, we've had this with bars and and music festivals and concerts, whatever, like a band. You know, like, you're like, oh, man, I love this band. And then they blow up and you get, like, more pop fans Mm -hmm. or fans of the idea. Yep. And you're like, god damn it. Like, I, I liked it so much better when it was just my small crew of people that I enjoyed but you love seeing the company and business that you like do better. It's life, man. Yeah. It sucks. For our Hobbs and Shaw experience, it was my second time seeing it and Mrs. West's first time. I was out of work early the Friday it came out, so we went to a matinee, which was our first mistake. 
was almost exclusively middle-aged or older white suburban couples and groups, and my experience most times that they are worse than anyone else in theaters. <laughs> Amen. When we saw Boyhood, we were surrounded by old people pointing at all the filming pointing out all the filming locations they recognized. We fucking know Gerald, we all live in Austin. <laughs> First, the couple to my right seemed fine until halfway through the movie when the woman put her phone face down on the table, and a few minutes later she got a text. Her phone was on silent, but it vibrated on the table, and the flashlight strobed out into the theater. <laughs> she picked it up, I was assumed to turn it off, but like two minutes later it happened again, and she was just having a text conversation. I had to lean over her husband and tell her to turn it off, and she acted all embarrassed and apologetic like she's not a goddamn adult who's been to a movie before, and didn't watch the very to-the-point warning video immediately before the movie about keeping your phone turned off and put away. Amen. I'm I'm a huge asshole, and, like, I keep my phone... And I'm always on my phone. I keep my phone in my pocket during a movie. If I can do it with ADD being an asshole and always on my phone, every other adult can do it. Like, yeah. it's not that hard. Yeah. And I sit in the back, so it's like, even if I did... Like, if you're yes. gonna play on your phone, sit way in the back so that anybody else that, like can see you know fuck i like to sit more toward the front of the theater because i, I like to sit that. ahead of people because i can't stand seeing people on their phones so exactly. i think if you, if you want to be on your phones like i don't i hope you respect the cinema but if you want to be in your phone just sit in the back like that's just because like when i saw hobbs and shaw i sat in the back because i knew i wanted to have my phone out and take some notes and i knew that it wasn't gonna be a crowded Same. screening because it was out for like a month and i wanted to make sure that i had the ability to like discreetly pull it out and just make some notes or whatever why would you pay I mean, I guess it's just people can't be off their phones. Like, they're addicted. But, like, why pay the money to just not pay attention to the thing? Because it's the thing that, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know either. Psychology yeah. never makes sense to me. Then, nope. to Mrs. West's left, there were two women having brief conversations throughout the entire movie. It wasn't loud enough that I could hear them, but Mrs. West could. And right after I talked to that woman about her phone, one of the women apparently started flicking water at the other, which led to a full-volume argument, and one of them stormed out. Then, the oh, other nice. one, the one flicking the water, looked at Mrs. West, who was staring daggers at her, and <laughs> says, full volume, well, I'm having a great time. My favorite part of the movie so far is when my girlfriend got pissed at me. <laughs> I don't know what happened, West says, but eventually the think... other woman came back in, and they sat quietly the rest of the time. I'm generally a pretty even-keeled person, but people being disrespectful in theaters is one of the things I absolutely cannot stand. How do you get into a fight in a movie? Again, just watch the fucking movie. Yeah. Like, you shouldn't be talking in a movie. How do you get into a fight in the middle of a movie? Like, in the theater. Like, I could see if you were at home and, like, you're arguing. But, like, in a theater? You know, in our something little, I wish I would have seen. In our little Tub Talk text thread, which is the uh, the, the podcast that's on hiatus yeah. right now on the podcast network, but it's sort of a subset yeah. of our fantasy baseball league, we talk a lot about, you know, going to concerts alone, going to movie theaters alone. And yeah. I haven't gone to a concert by myself alone, but that's only because I only go to, like, two a year. Like, my have. friends have, like, I'm not against the idea. I just, like, you know, I always try to find friends. I can usually find a friend to go. But, like, some of my friends in the, in the chat, like, at least one in particular, is just, like, I've never seen a movie by myself. I'm like, what do you, like, you don't talk during the movie. Like, I understand, like, the, the desire to talk about it with someone else after, but, like, the internet exists and, like, yeah, like the, the, the text thread exists. It just, I just don't, I don't understand the reticence to, like, you know, just, like you're saying, just, you, you sit there quietly. Just go there alone. I don't know if I've ever seen a movie alone, but that's not because, like, I'm not opposed to it. Like, I've definitely gone to concerts by myself. I've definitely eaten by myself. I would, like, I would rather be home to watch a movie instead of the theater. Like, I'm just like, oh, I'll just, like, wait for that to come out. You know, there's not many movies that I'm like, I have to see in theaters. Now I've grown to do that more. 
why not? <laughs> you know, like, just go do it. It's not a big deal. When I worked at my college the summer after I graduated, I was only there like three nights a week. Like, I basically drove up Monday morning and I drove back to my parents' house on Thursday evening because we only worked like Monday through Thursday. So it's only there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night. Okay. And I don't really like to cook anyway, so I wasn't going to bring like, you know, utensils and plates and pots and pans and everything. So I just went out to eat three nights a week. And my friends, like, I was telling them, like, why? Like, what do you do? Like, when you go out to eat, like, I've never gotten out to eat alone. Dude, it's I don't know, I just awesome. go there and I bring a book. Like, what do you, like, what do you. Play like, on your phone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just like, there's, it's not difficult. Like, just because it's, you know, alien to you doesn't mean it's weird. And I love doing it. Usually you get better service, too, because for some reason, like, all kinds of, like, waiters and things think it's, like, depressing. So, like, usually they're like, hey, are you okay? And you're like, yeah, I'm fine. I like this. I don't have to talk to anybody. It's great. I feel like podcast listeners in general are sort of like a, a, lone, not a lonely people, like, sort of, like, lonely by choice. Like, they're just like, hey, like, I, I like the things that I like, and I, you know, have found fun. I think we're kind of preaching to the choir. I feel like a lot of people who like podcasts are sort of like, I like that solitary alone time, right? You know? So. Yes, they enjoy they enjoy the comfort of themselves. Wes says, anyway, I could go on, but I'll leave it at that. Instead, here's my first thought when I think about Hobbs and Shaw. Hasn't okay. been out long enough for me to really have a strong mental attachment to one moment in particular, but the part that was the most impactful to me was probably Hobbs reuniting with his family and his mom's speech about giving them the clothes off their back if they need it. That was a really cool speech. Yeah, it got me. That stuff always gets me. So, Wes, right there with you. Mrs. Wes recently had a realization that most of my favorite properties revolve around non-traditional families. Fast and Furious, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Ghostbusters, Supernatural. I don't think it's that uncommon. Obviously, it strikes a chord with a lot of people, but I never thought about it before or what that says about me. Yeah, it's really cool. I didn't think about it either. There is a TV show on AMC called Lodge 49, which I love, and I recommended to uh, past guest Christian Larson and listener of the show, Christian Larson. Hello, Larson. And he loves it, and he said basically the same thing, that like it's kind of that found family sort of story. And so, Wes, if you have time, the first season's on Hulu, Lodge 49, and I just love it. Like, it's weird and wonderfully acted and wonderfully cast, and it's just... Uh, it's kind of great. So Lodge 49, check it out. Cool. Interestingly enough, we also realized a, couple, a lot of her favorite franchises and stories revolve around people learning about their fathers, which seems so obvious now. Back to the Future is her all-time favorite movie. She maintains that the movie is really about George, True. not Marty. And if I remember that Mrs. West had the whole True. podcast about finding her biological yes. father, so yeah, that's really Gordon. cool. You know, we do a lot of stuff in our unconscious, that, but that's really cool that you... I like I like getting to these points in my own life where I'm like, I really like this. Like, why do I have an attachment to this? And you're like, oh, fuck, this is why, you know? Yep. On the subject of Deckard and hashtag justice for Han and his development as a character, you know I could write essays about this. I could create my own degree program on Fast and Furious Studies and write my thesis on Shaw's character. But I won't do that, at least not in this email. Suffice to say that I think Shaw works best as a sort of chaotic, neutral character. He's walking the line in Hobbs and Shaw, but I worry about him turning full hero. And more than that, I'm worried that in the pursuit of redeeming him in fans' eyes, they're going to retcon his character as to be unrecognizable from the Shaw in the seventh movie. We seem to have a lot of people that have this this thought and complaint and worry. And I'm getting, like, I'm pretty much there too, I think, at yeah. this point. I think we all think alike. Let me just see here what he says. I don't yeah. really think... They can never get fans to truly forgive him for killing Han, or for blowing up 1327, if you know what I mean, yeah. while maintaining continuity to the villain that actually killed Han. At best, I think they can ask fans to accept that he did what he did for his own understandable, if morally questionable, reasons as a complicated character. Sure, he may sacrifice himself for the family in the future, but that doesn't undo what he did or why he did it. Agreed. To me, yeah. justice for Han means killing Deckard, not redeeming him, and I don't really want that either. 
I think the hardest thing to accept about letting it go is that this would be the first time the family has actually taken a loss that they can't make right. They're not invincible, but I think this would ultimately make the series more enjoyable and complex. I like that. Like, it's just, yeah, it's just adding nuance. Like, you can't make things right. Sometimes, for no. whatever reason, something happens and you don't, you know. I think I've said it before, too, is I think that they're going to have to sacrifice him. They're going to have to kill him to, to match with what Wes just said, mm-hmm. but he's going to have to sacrifice himself to save someone else in the family to the point where, like, we don't forgive him for killing Han, but we're like, okay, he's come. That would be a way to, like, bring him back towards Hero, but also get rid of him. So I, I think that that's the only proper way to do it. I'm excited to see what they do with it, though. The only disappointing thing, I think, is that the people close... Like, I know that Han was in Dom's crew, and obviously Dom loved him, but everyone really close to Han is not in the movies. Like, Giselle is dead, and all of Tokyo Twinkie Drift has not Sean. come back, right? So yeah. there's not really... Lost, like, like, he could sacrifice himself for Dom, but it feels it would be more impactful, I think, if there were other characters either still alive or still involved. Yeah. That makes sense. We'll see. Wes says, Joey, I thought we talked about the Idris Elba rap when we hung out because I had no idea he did music before I saw him credited on the soundtrack. The story I read was he inspired to write and record this song while filming, and the director liked it so much he put it in the movie. That sounds a lot like marketing to me, but that's the story. Yeah, it could be a little bit of marketing. I see it. Yeah, Idris Idris just loved being, you know, the people's Elba so much that uh, (laughs) he he just wanted to rap, man. And we just, you're like, yeah, we'll put it in. I can see that happening, but I can also see that being like, Oh, yeah, like, look how committed to this he is. Yeah. Plus, you know, when we, I think we've talked about this on here, when we were considering doing the Idris Elba podcast, or, like, at least one TV series, if not more than one thing, where he basically plays, like, a version of himself, like he is a uh, a, 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 a DJ or, a you know, some kind of British music star. Sorry for throwing a like into the Twitter game. I don't always see those replies, but usually when I do, I try to figure out whether it's just for the game or Joey doing PR before I engage. I guess you fooled me on that one. I'm going to say there's no reason to be sorry. Sad about it. Because no, Ben has done it before. Not. And really, the, the goal of the game is to find more people to listen to the show. And if you liking their tweet sends another notification that like, oh, Back to Back to the Island has liked this tweet that you're mentioned in, go for it. There's no there's no downside there. No, there's no, definitely not. Yeah, it's not harmful for sure. So do it. It's just like, you know, we won't count it because we're looking for other people. But. Yeah. Now, I'll leave you with my new rankings. Really, in my head, I don't even put Hobbs and Shaw with the main franchise movies, because it's so completely its own thing, and that Fast and Furious presents at the beginning, like Mike said, really is to indicate to the audience that this is not a sequel and not part of the main continuity. But because I like you, because it's the best Fast and Furious podcast around, I should know I've listened to them all, I'll find a spot for my rankings. I don't remember what my list looked like before, so this is coming off the top of my head. Okay. So... From the bottom up, number nine, Too Fast, Too Furious. Number eight, Fate of the Furious. Okay. Number seven, Fast and Furious, number four. Okay. Number six, Hobbs and Shaw. Number five, Furious 7. Okay. Number four, Fast and Furious 6. Number three, the original, The Fast and the Furious. Number two, okay. Tokyo Drift. And number one, Fast Five. So he's got it at number six, which feels maybe a touch low, but also I think roughly where it's going to wind up. I think so, too. Uh, yeah, I think so. so I think there's the the three at the bottom that aren't again aren't bad, but I think are kind of collectively the, the ones people like the least. Yeah, again, it's so new, but it also feels so different. Like he's saying, like we've been saying, it's hard to sort of say it's better than whatever, right? Yeah. Well, that'll just about do it for me this week. Excited for the next pit stop, and even more excited to hear the next weirdly uncomfortable chapter of your my lifespan. And boy, Wes, <laughs> it is next level uncomfortable. Until next time, stay furious, Wes. Thank you, Wes, for writing in. That was a great email. Yeah. Now, Joe, our next email 
And I don't want to, you know, because I love all of our emailers, but there's, there's, a, there's a certain level of excitement I get when we get a new email from a new listener. And this is from Alex Ellenin, who not only reviewed us on iTunes, but now a patron over at patreon.com slash too fast whoever he has well, thank you alex jumped into things he's you know all out you know what i mean he is he's here he's shifted committed. into third yes he just he just started started in second mm-hmm. like fully in alex says finally caught up and boy do i have some thoughts for you hey joe and joey i just finally got caught up after reading too fast too forever in july so i want to get my rankings awesome from the bottom up number Seven. eight too fast too furious Okay. Number Blonde seven. Again. This is gonna. This might hurt you a little bit. Number seven. The original. The Fast and the Furious. Uh, maybe he doesn't have the nostalgia for it. Possibly. Number six. Yeah. Fate. Number five. Tokyo Drift. Number four. Okay. Furious Seven. Number three. Fast and Furious. Number four, which feels really surprisingly high. high. Not not wrong, but high. Just high comparatively. Yeah. Number two. Fast and Furious Six. And number one. Fast Five. So those are pretty firmly the, uh, two. the two top two. Yep. It says the top two are the only ones set in stone. Numbers one and two. Everything else gets muddled after that. But I'm always down to watch any of them at any time. I didn't, Same. I didn't place Hobbs and Shaw's. I only saw it once on opening weekend. I want to see it a few more times and live with it before I feel confident in a ranking. But I originally had Great. it around number five or six. So I was in the Tokyo Drift fate area. Again, yeah, five or six. That's where we're getting it. So. I will say I've told people the cameos were more than worth the price of admission. Six dollars. Thanks, Ohio. Which... Literally God. half the price of seeing a movie here. Definitely half the price of a movie. seeing a movie here. I mean, I pay for... AMC A list, so I pay twenty five a month, and I can see three a week. But if you, I just went to the theater and was like one, please, it'd be eleven ninety nine, which is whew, or mo- maybe more, maybe like twelve sixty three. I don't know. It's mine's mine's about eleven in a Friday night movie, like a night Saturday Friday night movie. It's like thirteen, and I think like a matinee is like eight. Yeah, that so, seems about right. Yeah, my opinion on number seven is split. I really love the first half of the movie, but the second half's practically forget- forgettable. And I think that comes down to what Kate's idea of about how they had to completely rewrite everything after Paul died. And Makes sense. It wasn't the movie that yeah. they necessarily wanted to, you know, put out. I kind of want to. I kind of want to like build that into the the head canon. Kate's theory, because sure. it makes so much yeah. sense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to ride with that for a while until somebody proves us wrong. By the way, you guys do know when they parachute out of the plane and rescue Ramsey, it's not actually an island surrounded by water, but it's an island in the sense that it's practically inaccessible other than by the single road in and out. Oh. I think... Yeah, we, I think I knew that. We might have said that. We might have... I think, I mean, I, the, the, I think it's basically, like, land in the middle of a mountain. So I think it is a metaphorical yeah. island, right? But, uh... yeah. I never, I never thought too deeply about it. When I heard island, I was like, island makes sense. Yeah. And then when we said mountain, I was like, yeah, there's no really no water around it either. So like, I see it. But that's a nice clarification. Thank you. Thank you. I've heard it mentioned a couple times as though it was an island surrounded by water and just wanted to be sure. Yeah, I think it's just a uh, inaccessible, deeply inaccessible area that like aside from the one road that they probably have blocked, that's why they, you know, parachute cars into it. Yeah. In my iTunes review, I mentioned Wes's emails always give the details and corrections. I find myself yelling at you guys when I'm sitting in traffic, especially, he says, especially when I figure out what the car is during the guessing game. (laughs) May I suggest a name for the car guessing game? How does dude, what's my car sound? I actually really like that. Do you? Yeah. I really like dude, what's my car? Dude, what's my car? That's a great, I haven't seen that movie in forever either, man. I like that. Yeah, I could take that. Can you? Yeah, I think we could do that. Alex says, oil is one syllable, just like way, which he wrote in the review, which we just read. He says, my In-N-Out versus Whataburger opinion is decidedly biased as we don't have either in Ohio. And the only Whataburger I've ever had was at midnight on a Tuesday. He says, In-N-Out, it's not even close. So I'm I'm glad that he, I mean, again, I not really have a dog in this fight, but I'm glad that he at least clarifies, qualifies that like, 
wasn't the best experience, but you know, in another another for team in and out. It was a very it was a very fair sure. assessment, yeah. I think. Right? You know, you he, he quantifies it like very like look, this was the this was the perspective you got here. Not too long ago, we were going somewhere, and I had White Castle again, and I was very excited about it. Is that around you, or is that not around? That's not around you. No, we were like driving, and we were like in Pennsylvania, like the some weird part of Pennsylvania, and I found a White Castle, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Because I remember Wes talking about it. We were trying to get Popeyes chicken sandwiches. We got White Castle instead, and then like the other day, I was sitting there going like. Damn, I could really go for White Castle burgers again. White Castle, I've had, I have White Castle maybe once a year. The craziest thing, I might have even talked about this on here, is that the craziest thing about White Castle to me is that, you know, when we had a bunch left over, we tried to grill them, and they don't reheat well in the grill, but if you microwave no. them on mid-power for a couple minutes, like, they heat up not as good really? as... They, they turn out surprisingly well. Well, they sell the frozen ones, too. Yeah, I mean, this is, like, you know, on par with those. I mean, like, it's just the same thing. Like, it's... But having them fresh recently, like, straight from the, mm-hmm. like, you know, White Castle, I was like, holy shit, these are really decent. Like, I was pleasantly surprised. And I like that they're small, so you get, like, you know, three bites of it, four bites of it. And I was like, damn, like, I can I can understand why people go so ham for these. Like Mad decent. Yeah, mad decent. I've always joked to my friends I was one of the foremost experts in the franchise, and I've been known, uh, and I've been known to rant on it when people call it stupid. So if you guys ever need another guest, well, you... it'd be my honor to join. Well, you found the right crew to join, the right family to, to, to link up with. At some point, for sure, we will have a some kind of a uh, fan listener participation lap so keep listening we've got the truth is that we've had we have at least the next three full laps if not more than that planned out but you know we're this is this is forever so we're gonna have yeah we're gonna we're gonna run out of people you know if we do seven billion episodes you know (laughs) eventually on a long enough timeline thank you alex for writing in and again if you when when you feel comfortable with where your hobbs and shaw ranking is officially or if you're listening and you have not sent in your rankings with hobbs and shaw or your rankings at all family at cageclub.me. Yeah, thanks, Alex, for the email. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the Patreon. Thanks for everything. Glad you joined the family. Yeah. Keep writing in, man. We'll keep talking about it, so. Next email from Nick Burris. Hey, guys. Guess I missed two weeks. Damn. Talk about maple syrup. I grew up on King's Syrup. It's so good on biscuits. King's Syrup. I don't know. Is that the brand? Guess. I mean, there's a King's grocery store by me, which is sort of like a... We had King's Diners in Pennsylvania, Mm -hmm. but... Also love ice cream. There's a place near me that has the sun... uh, that, That has, like, sunny sky homemade ice cream. They have over a hundred flavors, Oof. including whiskey. Whiskey flavor sounds good to me because I'm big. It, it would be like um, you can get ice yeah, cream. Yeah, I drunk. can see it. If I can get ice cream drunk, oh. he says very yeah. good. And some that are also hot and spicy. He says that they have one. You have to sign a waiver to get it. Which nope, do not want. Pass. But I think it would be good because you get the milk would like calm your tongue as it's spicy. So it would be like the milk after you eat wings or something. It's like hot. You know, they should do hot ones with that ice cream. Exactly. Yeah, that would be cool. Went to a drive-in theater, my family, Street Rod, and a couple of friends. There were old cars. It was very cool and nostalgic. And he sent some pictures. So I'll send that to you. Actually, I'll put those in right now. Oh, yeah. This is gorgeous. It's kind of got an old-timey German-ish look, maybe? It's kind of like, I it's don't a know Ford. what kind of car it is. It says Ford on the thing. Where? It's an old Ford. Right on the front of the grill. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, It's a gotcha. Ford. It has flames on it. Actually, I like the color scheme a lot, too. It's flames It's like a midnight a blue. blue. Yeah, there's like beautiful red flames in the front. Yeah, it's gorgeous. This is a really cool car. Actually, the front kind of looks sort of like a phoenix a little bit. Like sort of like, you know, like a bird flaring and swings a little bit. Yeah, no, I see it, dude. Yeah, cool. on the front of it. If you look at it face on, for sure. Yeah, I get it. Nick says, I noticed in the fast minute, Dom talks to the two skanks. One was named Monica. Wonder if that's the same Monica that Ja Rule wants. Mm. Which I think it probably is, although it seems, I think there's like two or three Monicas. Like if there's, 
it's strange. I don't know either. Like, it's got to be, because it's not like Monica is a... Why would you, in, in any movie, when you can name your characters anything, why name more than one Monica? At the same time... Why use the same name I don't know. for two characters? I don't know. I don't know. Nick says, watch The Devil's Advocate becoming more of a Charlize Theron fan. Well, boy, do we have a podcast for you, frequent guests. Guests for you. Mike Manzi and I have watched all of her movies, so there's like 52 episodes of that. Were you on any of those? Oh, you were on Fate. You were on The One. Yep, I was. So if you want to go listen, we have 52 episodes of that. So all the way back from 1995, Children of the Corn 3, Urban Harvest all the way up to Longshot, the one we just did a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago. And you can you can siphon out another Fast and the Furious podcast episode with us, mm-hmm. it's just in the context of Charlize. You can so siphon out if siphon. you want another one. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Good call. Nick says, I can actually see her working for the voice like his right-hand partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a tag team, like the duo. Yeah. Yes. Because I think that's, that's my theory. Either she's the top brass or she's the right-hand man to the top brass. I don't know which it's going to be, but... I think she's got to be in there somewhere. Yeah, that's what I think, too. Started watching Hyperdrive, which is her Netflix, or her produced series on Netflix. Pretty cool. And let's let's hold the comments like there, because there's a separate email about that in a little bit. Okay. So we'll get to that in a second. Two picks okay. today. One of the family's street rod, which I just sent to you. He says, and a car I seen on my way home from New Jersey. So here's this. He was near you. He was. You get a high-fived. Anyways, keep it up. Enjoy listening every week. Hopefully, I get caught up with the show, Nick, which I think he probably is now, because, I mean, I don't... Yeah. We had the the, the quickie episode last week. Got this one, we had another quickie this? episode next week, so, you know, we should have... Uh, it should be pretty close. What is this? It's like... It's like some kind of supercar. It looks like a McLaren from the back, but I, I'm not positive. It has a Pennsylvania plate, though, so that's cool. So it's both of us. It's in New Jersey, but it's Pennsylvania plate. Well, Nick, thank you for sending the pictures. You're, again, once again, your your family street rod car is beautiful. It's beautiful. Gorgeous, dude. Can I you write it. in? Yeah. Can you let us know what year is that? It looks like... Do you want to get... It looks 40s-ish, maybe? No, no, older than that. I would say late 50s... Early 60s. So newer than that. Is my guess. That's newer. a guess. That's a guess. Let us know. Fam- I mean, you know, but family at cageclub.me. Next email from Justin Kleinman. Sub- subject, Hyperdrive. You guys yeah. should check out the new Charlize Theron-produced Hyperdrive on Netflix. It's awesome and ridiculous. She describes it as, quote, American Ninja Warrior meets Fast and Furious. Well, Justin and Nick. That's a perfect ex- description, yeah. There there might be a little thing in the in the works for this lap. So, uh, yeah. Maybe. If you're out there listening, Just go check out perhaps. Hyperdrive. Perhaps. I started watching. I, I'm not finished with it yet. I've watched like about halfway through it. Are they, I think only, are they half an hour or are they an hour? Are they somewhere in between? I don't remember if they're 20 or 40 minutes, but they're not a full hour or a full half an hour. I think that they're – they might be 40 minutes. It's it's quick and mindless. It's fun. It's just – you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's absolutely what she described as like Ninja Warrior meets – Fast and Furious or whatever, so. They're closer to an hour. There are uh, 10 episodes. The last one is 61 minutes. is a full one, but they're all in the sort of looks like the 43 to 48 range. There's that's what I felt like. One is yeah. a little bit longer than one that's a full hour, so yeah. All right. Next email from Wells Lamont. Subject is, subject question mark, more like here's my top four wrestlers of all time. Stone Cold, <laughs> The Rock, Mankind, Undertaker, top two tag teams, Dudley Bros, and the Hardy Bros. I wonder if he started watching AEW because, like, I watched the AEW special like a couple weeks ago. It was fucking wild. Highly recommended. I can't wait for it to come on TV. Like, AEW is getting a TV contract with TNT or something. Yeah, I think it's TNT. Or oh, something. speaking of, like, not exactly speaking of, but speaking of sort of competition to the the main, my friend heard back. My friend uh, contacted the New York Guardians of the XFL to find out what season tickets cost. There are five home games. So here's a question. Let's play a guessing game, okay? It's like the letterbox yeah. game sort of on our other podcasts. Okay. Five home games. What do you think the cost is either per game just say just say per game of the best seats, not not a box. We also want to find out about a box. 
But the best seats in the house, I guess, would you probably, you know, imagine 50 yard, 50 yard line. Yes, at MetLife, 50 yard line, probably, you know, lower level price yeah. per game, per, t- per seat. I'm going to go 120. It's 125, which is... Dude, I was fucking close. It's exactly the number that I don't know. Like, it's not so high that I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> but it's also not low enough where I'm like, oh, that seems good. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> which is But I'm sure annoying. that, like, I'm sure that you could go, like, 20 rows back at the 30, and it'd be, like, 60 bucks a game. So what my friend was going to do was he was going to get back to the guy and just say, we're not interested in that, but what we will do is, like, 375 for the season, so, like, 75 a seat. Like, he's just going to haggle the yeah, guys I mean, on season they're not going to sell out. If they're new. Exactly, you're right. Because I was saying to him, like, I don't really have four or $600 to spend on XFL tickets right now, but... You know, for three seventy five for five games would be pretty cool. Or keep me in the loop. I, w- I would be down. I with would this go yeah. for. I would go to a game or two at full price. You know what I mean? Like just to to be. Even if you give two away, yeah, it's like no, it's not terrible. I'm sure. I'm sure that at some point you could probably sell them for like half the cost if you have like nice tickets. But yeah, the goal the goal know? is to haggle. We're gonna see how that works. Okay. Good luck. Yeah, I guess I'm. I'm sure you could probably get in the stadium like at face at ticket price value for like probably twenty or twenty five dollars. Like you know ten because the Monday night the Monday night football game that I went to the. Well, I'm just saying face value. I mean that's that's aftermarket like because you oh. know the, the cheapest yeah. the cheapest NFL ticket I think is probably face value like seventy five or ninety or something. Nah, it's a little bit lower than that. But it's, it's still it's like it's still people just like I don't want to go to a, a cold Monday night football game at terrible team. You know what I mean? Like with the third exactly. quarterback. Like all right, Wells says two things I read. Number one, P Walk's brother is supposedly in an upcoming Fast movie. Read an article recently, yes. but not sure if it's true. Well, what we do know for sure is that he was on set, and we don't know if it was like a tour, like if Vin or if if Vin was just sh- yep. showing him around. Or if he is becoming involved, I think we've talked about this before. I think we're both in agreement that we don't want more Brian. That if they want to bring another O'Connor, fine. But I would rather yeah, if they have bring in his his brother, yeah, that's a family fine. member as opposed to bringing Brian back. It just feels like the the, the farewell was sad, but it was perfect. And it would feel dirty if you like try to bring Brian back. Like just make his brother come in yeah. or something weird yeah number two they're rebooting face off with the director of the, the fast and the furious so i guess rob cohen and it's supposed to be crazy i don't know too much more than that though which i'm not a fan of i'm not in favor of yeah you know dan Hayden, maybe it's good who, who's on our knows? tokyo drift episode this last lap he brought this to my attention he said he would like to see keanu and robert downey jr which i think could work okay i yeah, could also say work. you know i was talking to, to mike manzi about this when we talked about it on one of the tom tom club episodes and I said Tom Hanks and Tom Cruise could be interesting, but again, I just don't, I don't, I don't want this. I hate all these reboots. I always give them a shot, just in case. It's not necessarily a weird thing to reboot, but it's not like it's like a mass, like it's it's a cult hit. It's not like a, a huge block. You know what I mean? Like it just yeah, I don't know. yeah, yeah. They make a how much is a stack reference in Workaholics season four, three and a half men. In case y'all got the DVDs, amazing show, is, uh, one of my favorites. Grand. They bring it up twice in the episode. It's hilarious. I wonder. I wonder what the actual definition of a stack is. Stack means ten grand to me, either grand or ten grand. But I feel like it's ten grand. I'm just googling what is a stack. Etymology: one thousand dollars. Stack is a thousand. Urban yeah. Dictionary says one stack equals one G. Because it's a stack of like a stack of ones or a stack of no, sorry, like a stack of twenties maybe. One of the denominations when you get like a whole band of them, I think it would probably be twenties would be a thousand dollars, and like that's like a strip pub reference, you know. Like, give me, like, one stack of cash. Which, by the way, speaking of strip clubs, Hustlers rules. Go see Hustlers. I know Hustlers came out a couple weeks ago now as we're recording this, but Hustlers is great. Chayla was great in it. Constance Wu was great. Did you read all the, like, the background angriness about it? Like, she kind of stole the story from this chick, and her and A-Rod went to the strip club and, like, didn't tip any of the strippers. Ooh. Well, no. To, like, get, like, background on it. So, I I still want to see the movie. 
I'm just now conflicted reading the like the the accompaniments around it. Well, I mean, it's based on a New York Times, I think, article. You know what I mean? Like it's yes. You know, I guess her story had been made public. I you know I I don't know the story. I don't want to say things that don't. And if you sold the story, you sold the story. So you shouldn't be bitching about it, no matter what. I agree. Well, says Sean learns fluent Japanese. It's like a week, and he uses chopsticks pretty well for some country boy. Oh, I didn't notice it. I'll have to pay attention next lap. I, I think I use chopsticks really well. One of the girls that I work with is Chinese, and she always compliments me on my excellent chopstick usage, and she's very fascinated by how white I am and how good I am at using chopsticks. Maybe I could be Sean. There's also a possibility that, you know, because his dad is military man, and he's yes. probably... I know that he was with his mom for a while, but there's also a possibility that he was an army brat of some kind. He sort of... Maybe he'd been yeah. in Japan before, you know what I mean? Like, in, maybe he was in Germany oh, for a while and was in Japan before, and... Or even, like, Thailand, Singapore, some, somewhere else that he used chopsticks if he didn't... If he wasn't Japan. Yeah, he, and he... many options. He does seem very lost in the first day of school, but I think it might just be... It could be the reintroduction to the culture. Fair. You know, yeah. again, I, I don't think that, that they, they hint at that, they play at that in the movie, but if you're looking for an explanation, some realism in Tokyo Drift. Uh, maybe just pretend that he's been there before. Makes sense. I never wanted Sean's dad to shoot DK more than this last time I watched Tokyo Drift, which is right now as I'm writing this at 11.03 p.m. on Thursday. Well, Wells, thank you for the specificity. I appreciate that. <laughs> he's like dropping pins like Jenny over here. I like it. <laughs> I want it so bad for him to squeeze the trigger. What upsets me even more is how DK keeps the gun on Sean the whole time as he gets back into his car to leave. I'm heated about it. Side note, yeah, that's a dick move. Side note, DK is in an episode of Entourage. Turtle's getting $20,000 oh, pair of shoes from this Asian artist dude, and DK kind of checks Turtle out before walking to the garage where dude was at. I didn't know that. That's cool. Because Zeph was in an episode of Entourage that we watched. Oh, security never, briefs. Yeah, and I never watched like a ton of Entourage. I, re- I remember some of them, but like, I, think I, I never watched, watched it faithfully. Half of it, maybe? I think there were eight seasons. And I think the final one was kind of one of those HBO like 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 The Sopranos where it's like split into two parts. I yeah. think I bailed in four or five somewhere, okay. and I watched the movie. I saw the movie. You know, I was talking to Kyle and Brian, the Hoff Bros, about it. They were on our Fast Five episode this lap, and uh, I was saying to them that like I genuinely think the trailer for the Entourage movie is one of my all-time favorite trailers because wow. I don't know if you remember it, but the movie star the trailer starts out as a trailer for the movie they're making Aquaman. in the movie. And no, but it says from the producers of Medellin and Aquaman. I was just like, oh my god, I know what this is. And like, it's just like it's a dumb, it's like a generic action movie. I'm just like, this is this is stupid. It's like from the producers. I'm like, this is like a really cool meta way to do it. Way to do it. Kyle and Brown were like, yeah, all right. But I was like, no, like it's like I think it was awesome. Considering I was not going to see that movie, I saw it. You know, the the trailer sold me. That's very interesting because now we're like firmly anti-trailer. So yeah, I I just I was more like just like what is this generic? You know, just like military guys or like armed guards or whatever. I'm like, what is this? And I was like, oh, oh, okay. And you got taken for a loop and you were excited about it. Yeah. Well, says I went to Rasputin today. I think you mentioned Rasputin before. Maybe I still don't. What Rasputin is? I found Tokyo Drift and Fast and Furious Six, but Six is scratched, so I got to take it back. I got twenty-one DVDs for thirty dollars. Damn! So it's probably like a, a used deal. movie store, or like used the media exchange, store, but the exchange. Or yeah, like, I don't know if it's yeah. a chain or if it's just local to the Bay Area or what, but like it's not out here. So no, it's definitely. Well, so let us know what it is. If it, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming good, we know what it is. Good fucking DVD deal, dude. Yeah, but I like that. I'm curious. I want to know. I want to know. It says deals all day at Rasputin. Here's a few of the movies <laughs> I got. Murder by Numbers. We just put out the. Uh, the Damn, episode, I yeah. tweeted that well, as I said. We got something special coming for you. Murder by Numbers, yeah. Gosling and Sandy. He licks her face. Tokyo Drift. Fast Six. There's a few Pearl Harbor DVDs. I love Pearl Harbor movies and docs. Gunther and the Paper Brigade. And Do the Right Thing. Do the Right Thing. That's a good movie. 
A classic line I forgot to add to my list was, I live my life a quarter mile at a time, possibly the most iconic line from the entire series. And I realized, while editing that episode, when we were talking about his email, talking about the most famous lines, especially yeah. you know about how like the past writers probably don't watch the movies or don't keep the movies like in their memory. Yeah, they, don't, they don't care. And somehow, yeah. you, me, and Wells, none of us mentioned the most famous line in the series. Like, none of us said that. And I was just like, God, like, what? what? Like, I almost added like an editor's note, like, hey, I'm editing this. Like, this sounds crazy, but we all forgot this. So, like, we're so deep in it that like those ones like actually have gotten to a point where they're so ingrained that like I forget them. You know what I mean? Like, because we use that at, all the time, like in colloquialism. Like now it just seems like it's like a phrase, not even like a quote from the movie. Yeah, true. Okay, bros, I'll catch y'all on the flip. Peace out, Wells. Well, thank you, Wells, for writing in. I appreciate you, once, uh, if nothing else, writing in, but also, more importantly, your absolute cavalier disregard of the subject line. I mean, here, you know, mention all your favorite wrestlers. <laughs> Keep doing you. I love it, man. This episode's going to come out after it. But I wonder how Wes, uh, Wells and I are going to be feeling when this episode comes out, because it comes out Tuesday. Tomorrow tomorrow is going to be a big day for us. Oh, Steelers Niners. Cool. I'm going to be watching it with Zach, who's my Niners, my Niners friend fan. Are you and Zach going to a Niners game this year again, or no? He wanted to go to this one, actually. Oh. But then he was like, no. I was thinking, if you went to one, you could maybe meet up with Wells out there. That's what I was thinking, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I, I, if I had steady plans to go to one, I would definitely hit Wells sure. up and be like, yeah, we're going to go. Next email from West Hampton, Cara Preview Episode. What up, fam? What up? I just finished the preview episode with Karen. I'm pretty excited to see how this lap goes. Introducing someone new to this franchise is always appealing to me. I've been thinking yep. a long time about doing watch parties of all these movies with friends who have never seen them, but I'm afraid not all of them would be interested or go with it in the right spirit, or get into it with the right spirit. Yeah. In fact, I've heard what it sounds like when someone watches these movies for the first time and then discusses them with friends and thinks they're being funny or insightful by sounding bored, uninterested, or just critical. That sucks. You don't have to love everything, but I've heard it, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Talking about how something is bad does not make your product good. True. I think we've had a really good track record on here of having people who have never seen these movies at least give us the benefit of that. Like, Chris Podcast hated Tokyo Drift, right? Like, he did not like that at all, but at least he had a conversation about it. You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't no, 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 just no. like... And we talked about it. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's good at... It, just explain your point. We talk about this all the time. Like, you're allowed to not like something, but you're not allowed to just blatantly say something sucks yeah. if you give it a shot and tell me what you didn't enjoy about it like we'll, we'll talk about it i like it that being said i think Kara is approaching this with the right attitude and if she's a fan mm-hmm. of dumb action movies i would argue that these movies were, were never about cars any more than point break was about surfing they're crime movies True. or coming of age movies or action movies set against the backdrop of racing culture at least at first there's more car stuff in the earlier films but you only have to dig into that as much as you want to i've listened to or sampled at least nine different fast and furious podcasts jeez nine Nine different Nine Fast and Furious podcasts. And I think every single one of them started with, we don't care at all about cars, we just like these movies, if that's any indication of how important car knowledge is to liking this franchise. I barely care about cars, and all my current interest in them, which is pretty low, is entirely because I've watched these movies so much. That's a good point, though. It, it, it does attract people that, even if you don't like cars, if you give them an honest shot, you know, you'll find something you enjoy. The only part of this whole lap I'm not convinced of is chronological order versus release order. I've wondered about this for a really long time when it comes to introducing new people to the Fastiverse, but in general, for an introduction to anything, I, uh, for an introduction to anything, I usually favor release order over chronological Same. order. But we're doing a little experiment. It's just like, you know, a tiny experiment. We're going to see how it plays out. Yeah. I think as someone who's already really familiar with the series, chronological order is a fun way to watch them. But if you haven't already seen Tokyo Drift, you don't get the joke with some of the comments from later movies. You don't have the same attachment to some characters in 4 to 6, and you don't have the mm. same sense of a ticking clock in the back of your mind, knowing that the events from Tokyo Drift have to happen at some point in the future. 
I'll be interested to hear Kara's take on it, but I don't want to say much more in case she hears his email before watching them all. I have expressly forbade her not to listen to these. I don't think she is. But yeah, like I think when that character, again, keeping it vague, when that thing happens to that character, I kind of want the gut punch of it. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of want... Yeah, it'll be a very interesting... Like, I mean, again, we have unlimited time. I'm sure that we could, you know, find a way to do this again in the chronological order. I mean, in in the release order. But I think it'll just be, like, a very interesting perspective to show her it in chronological order. Because I'm curious about how it plays out for someone who's never seen it before. Because especially, you know, the Nico and Kevo lap, which we're going to do lap seven, I think, tentatively, is they've never seen it either. And so we can either do chronological or release order. You know what I mean? Yeah, we'll we'll just just switch it up. We'll do do the opposite. Yeah. Wes says, that's it for this week. I'm really looking forward to you guys getting back on schedule. I can't wait to find out what all the pit stops are going to be for the Brian O'Connor lap. Until next week, stay furious. Awesome. So, what I will say... Do you want to give him one? I'm gonna give. So I'm gonna give. One? I'm gonna give. I'm gonna the first one, which is not a movie, but I think it's it's the the thing that I'm I'm personally most excited about this lap is okay. we're going to in so next week is you are my lifespan chapter three. Yep. Then it's the Fast and Furious lap five. Then yep. After that, Joe and I are going to look at Brian O'Connor's Fast and Furious wiki page and just learn from it. Like read things on air. I don't know if we should read it ahead of time. I might just sort of blind read to you. I don't know how that's gonna go. But I want to get real deep into the character and sort of pick out new things, because there's probably backstory stuff that we don't know about or we haven't really thought about. I want to get into the mind of that, and then from there, going out, whether it's the separate movies or whatever it's going to be, you know, I want to bring all of that back into, you know what I mean? Like, it's, we we are deeper into the mind of Brian O'Connor than we ever have before. Do you want to tell one you want to give somebody, give everybody one. So okay, so another, so a timely one, a timely movie we'll be watching. This is this was my pick. Okay. Uh, this Black Friday, releasing from Vinegar Syndrome, which is basically the Criterion Collection of Schlock, they are putting yeah. out, which just debuted at Fantastic Fest, the Tammy and the T Rex R-rated cut. And so our friend Brian Rodriguez covered the regular cut over on his podcast, High School Slumber Party. But this is one of yeah. Paul Walker's first movies, or maybe, maybe it's his first movie. It is his first movie. And yeah. he drives in it. And this is, you know, a very gory version of a kid's movie. And so we are going to watch, sometime in December, after it's available to everyone, we're going to watch Tammy and the T-Rex, see where Brian O'Connor himself got a start. I'm excited. I've never seen it, so I'm, I'm curious about it. I want to see where, like, just Paul Walker starts. And the movie sounds fucking wild to me, so yeah, it'll be fun. All right, Joe, we've got two more emails. Thank you, Wes, for sending that in. Two more emails, both from Doubt and Tom. Back from the dead is the subject line, which is true enough indeed. Hello, Joey and Joe. I've been away from the podcast since about last summer, as I went back to school to finish my degree. I'm now back home in D.C. applying to jobs and living cheaply. Good luck with that, because D.C. is expensive. That's where Rachel's from. It occurred to me a couple days ago, what better way to pass the time during job apps than by catching up with the podcast? I'm very behind, currently on episode seven, but I hope to be caught up soon. Well, okay. Alex just did everything in six weeks, and so, you know, that's the baseline, I guess. I hope you're well. The podcast seems to have kicked up both in terms of your episode delivery and your fan base. How exciting. I'm really glad La Familia de Podcast is growing. He says, I would still love to appear on the podcast. There's like a 90% chance I won't see you guys read this email in your next episode while I'm playing catch-up. But, you know, if you if yeah. you listen to every episode... Here you are. Yeah, you're here now. He says, in other news, Weird Catholic Twitter now has a dedicated Fast and Furious group chat. It's about 13 dedicated fans, and it's been a very good thing. Doubtin' Tom. That's awesome. I wonder if they talk about the chain a lot. That'd be pretty cool. 
If you got to this, lab, if you read the, uh, the Win Watkins piece about the Catholicism of the franchise, that's true. Very true. Yeah, I forgot about that. Addendum to Back from the Dead. This is the next email from Tom. Hey, okay. almost forgot to mention, you should check out this trailer for the Polish version of Fast and Furious 7, or of Furious 7. So here, I have not watched this yet, if you want to put it on, Vixian Sandor, the Polish oh, parody. Oh, so this is, uh, did they actually make the movie, or did they? It's Vin doing, I think it's just a, it's a parody video. Okay. So what this video is, we can put it on our, uh, our social, we'll put it on Twitter, is that it's a bunch of Polish kids, re- I think, recreating the Furious 7 trailer, but just like oh. as kids. Yeah, this is cool. In the sense that, like, it seems like a school movie project. Rachel always talks about that she had to do a shot-for-shot film project. That's really cool. Yeah. There's, like, a lot of tractors and stuff. They're obviously using what they have around them, and they have large guns. Uh, Tom says, also, I saw Hobbs and Shaw. My review is that it's rather weak, but the philosophical turn that it takes, taking a page from fate, does carry it through, so that at least it works. So, yeah. So, okay. uh the the big takeaway that we've been saying you will you will hear it as you listen along is that if nothing else Hobbs and Shaw adds deeper insight and deeper intrigue and meaning to the previously existing films and True. even if it's not exactly your cuppa it uh mm. you know it makes other things more interesting in retrospect and obviously the Italian job tie in is awesome so yeah and that's all the emails. So family at cageclub.me if you want to write in that was in a, that was the biggest mail that we've probably ever had but it has it's been a little while since we recorded but thank yeah. you all for writing in. I hope you're still listening because we've got to go through a Fast and Furious Minute and also a brief look back at lap four. Yes. The Fast and Furious Minute, Minute 15, a minute I called, is Brian Worthy? It's a good title. I like but it. But if I win, I take the cash and I take the respect. <laughs> to some people, that's more important. Is that your car? Oh, I got it. See a cool air intake. It's got a mass fogger system and a T4 turbo Dominic. See an AIC controller. It has direct port nitrous injection. Yeah, and a standalone fuel management system. Not a bad way to spend ten thousand dollars. See that shit? It's got enough nitrogen for himself. Period. Yeah. So what do you say? Am I worthy? We don't know yet, but you're in. Let's go. Go! So this, I think, kind of like last minute, Joe. It's sort of a, uh, it's not a bad minute, but it's sort of a, um, an in-between minute. I don't think we're even going to get to the race after this, because we have to, like, we're going to have a couple more minutes of, you know, them lining up. and. Oh, yeah, and Monica saying to Ja Rule, like, if you win, you get her, and you also get her or whatever, right? yep. Exactly. Well, Wells is talking about one titty and the other race. titty, which is still the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, there's going to be at least one, I think, at least one more full minute. I think you're right. Of Two. I think two. Okay. There's not a lot that happens here. There's, I think there's one particular thing that I want to, that you, you found out that I, it was a line of dialogue that I missed that you probably heard. But I think the, the real thing to talk about here, there's a line here that maybe Brian says that doesn't make sense. I watched the minutes on my computer and I had my headphones on, and I was listening to it very loud because I'm trying to capture everything that's going on here. When Dom says that's is that's your car, and like kind of like points to it, it sounds like Brian says, "Uh, I got it off the internet," or like, "Uh, I got it off the internet." 
or nah, I got it off the internet. Sorry, like any of these, I can't really hear it because it's kind of in the background. It sounds like Brian's voice, and I mentioned this to you, and you listen back. Do you agree that it sounds like Brian said it? It sounds similar, yeah. Like I, if if you're like, oh no, it's somebody else, I'll be like, yeah. Like it sounds enough like him. But my whole thing is like, why would he say it? Like I, you said that like it's like joking, but it's still doesn't quite make sense right like it's just a weird thing like no i think it's i think it's sarcasm because we just had the the minute where ja rule comes up and he's like is that your car he's like i'm standing next to it like he's being like kind of a douche so it plays into that in my head dom's like is that your car and he's like yeah i just bought it off the internet like you know what i mean like i don't know anything about cars haha <laughs> look how flippant i am like i understand that as a thing but I, I feel like and maybe this is just from like the way that i would try to play the situation like you're trying so desperately to not get like sussed out and maybe you're trying to play it cool and like that's why he's doing it but it just feels like why would you save that kind of like why would you like lend any doubt at all to the fact that like you know you're trying to convince people that you're like one of them right and just it's like a double negative though you know you're like i don't know anything about cars but clearly when you look in the hood i do so you know that i'm telling the truth now and i was just trying to be funny but the other perspective i had on this is that it's somebody in the crowd saying it looks like he got that off the internet. Right, which I think is probably more likely, but also, I mean, I guess either could be like, I don't know. But it sounds like it's Brian's voice, so yeah, either one could go, it could go either way. If somebody's saying it looks like he got that off the internet, that's a little bit of foreshadowing that, like, he doesn't know what's in there, you know? But it won't be long before he knows all about a Gallo 12 and a Gallo 24. He became a gearhead. The buster became a gearhead. The other big takeaway here, I think, basically aside from Harry, everyone that we know in this world so far, which again is only 15 minutes, but everyone's in the scene. Like, they're all standing around Dom as he's basically like, all right, new kid, let's see what you got. Definitely for sure. You have Mia, you have Letty, you have Ja Rule. Hector, Brian, everybody's in it. Everybody's in the scene, so. Yeah, and it sort of feels like Dom is not welcoming into the family, but, like, it's kind of a family moment in in more ways than one, so, yeah. Yeah, it's the first framing of the family, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's kind of it for this minute. I mean, I'm I'm excited to get to the actual race, but. Yeah, I didn't get any, I mean, there is no car stuff. They say it all in the dialogue, but I did see a man in a jersey, in a Raiders jersey. I looked it up, and it was a Jeff George jersey, and it fits the time period, it was George number three. Jeff George had like been apparently picked up by the Raiders and was playing like right before this time. It was like 97. This movie comes out in what, 01? So like, yeah, that would make perfect. And he played for them for like four years or something. So it was probably like, you know, his third or fourth year as the starting quarterback for the Raiders. Wells, did you ever have um, a Jeff George written? No, he's a Niners fan. Never mind. Yeah, he doesn't. Fuck no. He definitely didn't. <sighs> yeah. Yes. My really. apologies. Any other thoughts about this minute before we uh, talk about the the lap that was? I'm actually excited to see the time difference between how long it takes to get to the race. You know, like how many more close ones do we have till the race? Oh, and the and where and that the, one car is going. This, if you're watching this, like all of them are driving out towards the camera. A couple people kind of veer to the the left a little bit, and then one car just makes actually a hard left. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of the end of two, right? Where they have the the getaway, like they're trying to mask. Roman and, yep. and, and Brian? Yep, yep, when they call the cars together yep. and they leave that, like, hangar. Yep, definitely. Very, very, very interesting. Well, Joe, let's look back at lap four. Lap four didn't... We, we, we weren't a weekly podcast officially, but we had a bunch of bonus episodes. Weekly. So we kicked things off with the Fast and Furious with Michael DeManica, who had never seen a Fast and Furious. So actually, in total, let me just go back here. Including this episode and including the little preview thing that we did last time, yeah. we had... 17 episodes this past lap, so not quite a full lap, but, you know, or not quite a full, like, weekly thing, but, you know, kind of a lot. Close. Um, It's a lot, yeah. 
So we kick things off with Michael Domenico, the Fast and the Furious. He's got a podcast, Not Her Again. He came on and talked about the first movie, and surprisingly, like, he liked it a lot more than I thought he was going to. Now, he didn't love Same. it, but he liked it in a way that I was just like, oh, cool. He's very approachable about it, which I really like, too. Like, you know what I mean? That's that's the, be- that's the best quality we can get in a guest. For sure. Like, just... Give it a shot, especially if you've never seen them before, you know. Yeah. So it was it was awesome. I, that was a fun one. Then you and I did a quick little side chat about the turbocharged prelude, the six-minute video, that the only yeah. memorable thing at all is that Minka Kelly is in there. Everything other than that, I've already basically forgotten. And Brian's, like, shaving in one scene or something. Oh, yeah, we see the inside of his in the bathroom or whatever, probably his house or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Then we brought on the linchpin of the Westworld verse, the Thanos of Westworld, Chris Malika, <laughs> to talk about Too Fast, Too Furious, and more. I think I, I don't remember what anything we talked dude. about in regards to the movies, but I just remember talking to him about his acting experiences, and like that was like a cool, so much different fun. kind of conversation we've normally had. Yeah, and he was super hype, and just a, a good dude in general, man. Like Chris is cool. I like him a lot, and he still interacts with us from time to time on Twitter, which is cool, which is very cool. Then I mentioned this episode earlier, we had Dan the Duke Hayden on to talk about Tokyo Drift, and he loves the movies, he loves Tokyo Drift the way that we do, and that was a lot of cool, a lot of fun, pretty cool talk to, uh, you know, head over to Tokyo uh, with Duke. It's always good to have friends on, you know that. Stick closer to the family, we spread out for the family, but everybody's family. Then, after that one, you and I did another little standalone bonus episode of Los Bandoleros, which was much cooler and much more important than Turbocharged really because we got more Han, we got some it great Dom was. and Letty stuff. It's a yeah. longer thing. We get the, you know, we get Rico and Tego. It was, it was, I liked that a lot. I did too. Um, Los Bandoleros, it's, it's, it's more pivotal to the story as opposed to the Turbocharged prelude. Like, it gives us some in-between stuff. We get to see Dom and Letty you know, interact again. I think it's it was really good, and I, I liked it a lot. I'm okay never seeing Turbocharged Prelude again. I don't know if I'm going to watch Los Bandoleros again, but I kind of want to. You know, like, I don't want to talk about it every Same. lap, but I would I would watch it again. I think I think we should include it. Maybe, maybe let Kara, like, you know, put it in with Kara, too, and see what she thinks about it. Like, watching it through the first time and getting it. Yeah. So that would be interesting. Another episode that I talked about earlier, we had Christian Larson on to talk about the Fast and Furious, and this was an episode that uh, was a lot of fun to record. We also, I think what was cool about it, I think this is something that you pointed out when we were sort of looking back the, the next week or whatever, was he was asking questions that are adjacent to the movie and the franchise, but not the same things we talk about. Ever. Like, we were talking about, you know, like, racing games in movie theaters and stuff like that, and racing video games on PS2 and Amen. stuff, and, like, side kind of conversation to what we normally talk about. I think so, too. I like Larson. He cracks me up. He's a funny dude. And, um, I mean, we, we encompass as much as we can, and so the tangential stuff is always my favorite to talk about. Like, I love talking about the movies, too, but, like, hearing new perspectives and, like, going off on wild tangents is a lot of fun, mm-hmm. so. Then another episode that I also mentioned this episode, this, this this episode was our Fast Five episode with Kyle and Brian. A lot of fun to talk to those guys. Also, of particular note, uh, we finally heard the, you know, the, the story that Brian had been teasing us, I think, either maybe on mic, but also on Facebook, about how Kyle, trying to impress those au pairs, you know, au pairs, yeah. went to go see Fast Five. He had the, the goatee <laughs> the, in, the in honor of, rock, of The Rock, and he hated the movie, but he has since come around. If I had to do the one, my one memory of that episode, it would be the all pair story. Because I, I just love how arguing. he was, you know, Kyle was telling the story, and then Brian was like, that's not the full story, that's not the right story, tell the whole story. <laughs> and they argue about the, the memories of the same story, yeah. it was really good. And then yeah. then Kyle's just like getting, he's like, fine, then you just tell the story. He's like, no, I want you, this is your story, I want you to tell the story. <laughs> yeah, 
I like that a lot. Then the next episode, you and I did a Hobbs and Shaw preview, what we wanted, what we didn't want, who's going to have the biggest explosion, the most pedestrian deaths. Actually, looking back, not a lot of pedestrians die. Like, a lot of private security guards die, but I don't think there's a lot of, like, most of the chaos in that movie is kind of... Yeah, but, like... I don't think anybody really dies in that bus. He kind of goes under it or something. Yeah. Which is sort of... I mean, it's good. It's a step in the right direction. (laughs) Yeah. I'm pro-non-killing civilians. (laughs) Then, while we were waiting for Hobbs and Shaw, I came up to visit you, and you, me, and Rachel sat down for our first ever in-person full episode, and we talked about Fast and Furious 6. True. Yeah. That was... You know, I sort of feel a little bit bad for Rachel in that, like, so much of her thoughts and her opinions about the franchise, like, you have basically shared... I steal them. Yeah. I steal them, which sucks. I know. I feel really bad about it, But it's still a fun chat. I just, I sort of, not, not, I don't wish that, like, we hadn't done that, but, you know, she's contributed so much to this, and I feel like it was just, like, a lot of that, like, a lot of her... It belittles. Yes. It belittles it, because she had, I'd already stolen all of her stuff, I agree. But, you know, yeah. it's, it, it, it contributes, it's all part of the greater whole, you know what I mean, so... And she'll be a voice on You Are My Lifespan. Ooh. Then, yeah. you and I recorded live from the AMC parking lot outside of the Hobbs and Shaw yep. debut. Our initial reactions, spoiler-free, are six or seven minute. Go see it. It's exciting. It's awesome. Blah, 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 blah. The next week, we did our full spoiler-filled episode about Hobbs and Shaw, where we talked about the best, saw it again. the worst, our favorite parts, our least favorite parts, who was the voice, all that stuff. The world may never know. Then, a week later, these are the next two episodes we talked about. These also on this episode. Furious 7 with Kate Hudson and The Fate of the Furious with Gwyn Watkins. Two discussions, I think, that were very colored. Kate blew our minds. By the fact by you know the fact that we had just seen Hobbs and Shaw, and that influences the way that we watch and you know, react to those movies. It'll never be the same again. We'll always have to look, at, look through the lens of Hobbs and Shaw now. That's just how it was going to go from the beginning. Kate gave us some great theories on Seven that we had never, like, really thought about, about them, like, rewriting the script, and, like, you know, Mia was supposed to be pregnant versus... She, like, put a lot into perspective. And also, Gwen sat through these movies, wrote a ton of stuff about them, and told us a ton of cool background tidbits, you know, from her interviewing Owen, right? Yeah, Luke Evans. Mm -hmm. If you didn't check that out already, I don't know why you'd listen to this first, but... I like getting the background stuff, just like when we talked to Chris... Larson, for that matter, you know, the tangential background, other stuff, new facts for us is always fun. Yeah. Then we had our first official pit stop since lap one, where we did the I Am Paul Walker doc. You and I talked about the Italian job, now canon, now part of the Fastiverse. How did Handsome Rob become Shaw? How do they become who they become? Is Mark Wahlberg the voice? Who knows? I don't know. Then we had our friend Mike Manzi, the Mikester, on to talk about Hobbs and Shaw for the basically for the third time, sort of the second full second time. time. And he gave his thoughts about it, you know, his what he thinks of first, all that sort of fun stuff. You know, I'm excited to do the whole lap, but I also kind of want to see, especially given that Kara is watching all nine of these over the span of three months or whatever, three four months, like what she's going to think of a movie that is so wildly different when there's not years of anticipation building up to it. True. Yep, it's going to be very interesting. Last week we did a little shorty quickie episode, the Lap 5 preview, where we interviewed Kara, and we had we looked ahead to the lap that will be, what she's looking for, what she's worried about, what character she is, and that was the lap. You know, we did 17 episodes, including this one. Next lap, as of right now, from the Fast and the Furious all the way through You're My Lifespan, I think 20, 20, hold on, yeah, 20 episodes, so that's going to be like a full lap, so yeah. Damn. Big things happening next lap. Any other sort of high-level thoughts or specific memories or things before we do our rankings. I went through them as we talked, and I'm glad that, yeah, I'm glad that we recapped, because this, this was a really good lap for me. We're following the chain. We learned that the chain wasn't as prevalent as we thought it was. 
we put higher significance on it mentally from our own perspective. Yeah, it's like, it's like two movies. It's re- Yeah, it really is. It's three. The first one, and then like seven and eight. Is it even Is it even so much seven? Well, five, five is with Elena. Yeah. The first one okay. a little bit, and then there's five. I mean, it goes around a little bit, but it's, it's kind of five and eight, really, sort of. And we, th- we thought it was going to be super prevalent, so like we place a lot of emphasis on this because eight was so fresh in our minds. We definitely discovered what was happening. I'm glad we could follow it. I'm glad that we like, got the chronology down of like who's passing it, how does it get from who to who, where it goes, because that was very confusing for me if we weren't like paying attention to it. But I think I have a pretty grounded idea of what was going on there now yeah that's i i like this lap a lot i was very happy with it so the only thing we have left to do then now that this lap is complete is our rankings are you going to do a real rankings do you have a different kind of ranking that you're going to do i think that i'm going to do my rankings every five laps that was my ultimate goal so after lap five so yeah so like after we watch this with kara i'm going to do a real rankings, and then 10 15 20 so on and so forth it'll give it some more time to breathe i think five is like a good round number so you know you get five and ten but for this lap i had a different idea okay and we'd spoken about this before and i got the idea when i was talking about it especially when we came just out of the theater of hobbs and shaw you know i want to do a ranking i agree with everybody that wrote in and gave their rankings hobbs and shaw kind of feels tangential right now i don't know where it fits whatever i I need to let that process and soak a little bit more i'm going to do my rankings by the most fun fast and the furious films okay just like how much fun they are to watch. Okay. The ones that, that bring me the most joy just in the whole comical fun time sense. Of course. Sure. Okay. Do you want me to go back to first or first to back? Bottom bottom or top, I think. What's the least fun Bottom movie? to top. First Fast and the Furious. I think it's like the most dramatic. It's, it's a little bit more serious. It's grounded. People die. Like main characters die. So I think that that's the least fun. Okay. Second least fun, Fate. Okay. It's not something that I want, like, that I, I don't like the story of yep. it. You know what I mean? It's not, it's like, also, a lot of fun. Again, long, right? So it's... This is mainly, like, an upbeat. You sure. know, like, how how upbeat these are. I think I, I'm going to guess. I think I know what your number one is going to be. Oh, I don't know. But okay, yeah. But go ahead. Fast and Furious 4. Okay. That one's a little dark. It's a little grimy. Mm-hmm. F7, just because it's so sad. Yes. It's not that. It's not a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, it's great, but just, you know, not a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Now we're starting to get into fun, Okay. I think it takes, a, like, those ones are the, the, the least fun. One, eight, four, seven. Mm-hmm. Too Fast, Too Furious. It starts to get fun, right? Yeah, like, sure, this sure, is like, sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. So far, my guess, my guess is still alive. I mean, I think there's two. There's actually a handful, but okay. But yeah, I still, I still have firmly what I think uh, is, is going to be your number one is still alive. Tokyo Drift. Next most fun. Damn. I, that was, that was going to be my pick for number one. It's really fun. You know, you're building the fun here. So, uh, yeah, I like Tokyo Drift, and I think it's a lot of fun. And that's your number four. the most serious. Definitely not. Next most fun one, Fast Five. Okay. You know, it's Italian Job 2. That's a blast. So your top two, in some order, are Six and Hobbs and Shaw. Yes. My number two, World's Longest Runway. Sure. Fast Six. Mm -hmm. Right now, in the grand scheme of things, I think Hobbs and Shaw is the most fun Fast and the Furious for me. I don't know if it's just because it just came out or what, but it's like a lot more free. It's a lot more playful. I think that it'll stay high in my ranking of most fun ones. I think I said this before in the podcast. I might not have, but Nick mentioning before about how he listened to the How Did This Get Made episode, their big takeaway is that this is the Fast and Furious movie that we were promised. Like, basically, strip away all the drama. Like, there's still drama, there's still tension, everything, but like, it's but just it's not really goofy, it's a wacky, fun time, fun, right? So, exactly. And I yeah. think that's kind of important, right? It's like, uh, this is what these movies are supposed to be without the 
why is Dom a bad guy now? I thought he was the leader. Like, if he just exactly. come on, right? You know what I mean? So Yeah, that was my ranking for it. That's my reasoning behind it. It's, like, it's the one that takes itself least seriously. And I think that that's another way, good way to rank it, because, like, you know, five and six don't take themselves too seriously. Like, they're just fun movies. If I had to so. guess, if, you know, if I would would have put your power rankings before you mentioned any of them, I would have said number one would have been Tokyo Drift, so I was a little bit wrong there. I would have I would have had Hobbs and Shaw at number two. I would have thought that you would have had seven lower, just because, you know, when we think about that movie we talked about on that episode, the uh, the most the most memorable thing is the fact that Paul dies, and so I think that's, you know, that's you true, mentioned it's kind of a buzzkill, remember- but there's also, there's fun stuff in there. The jumping the cars between buildings is fun. You know, like, I looked at them in the whole context of the movies, you know, like, jumping the cars between buildings is fun they like have a huge budget now so there's like lots of fun time cars to look at so this was these were all of my my perspectives that were going on here sure i had a ranking about a week ago and then i just as we were recording and as i was you know as you were doing your list i was just thinking about the the ranking so i have an actual rankings of my actual rankings okay and i feel pretty good about this i think Go ahead. Maybe not. I'm, but we'll I'm say. curious to see how it plays out. Go ahead. Again, it's, it's difficult. Okay. Yeah, it's hard. Number yeah. nine, fate. Obviously. Okay. Number eight, okay. too fast. Again, it's tough, but I just, you know, I don't have the nostalgia for it, and I think other ones are more my speed. Okay. Number seven, Fast and Furious number four. So you had four pretty high, because now you're dropping four down, right? No, I don't think I ever really had it high. I, I always liked it more than you did. I was never worried about it. Okay. But... I never, I've never really loved that one. I think it was just more, I think it's closer to five than people sort of remember. Not that it's great, but yeah. it's in style and tone and flashiness closer to five. Then here, the next little bunch, the next like four are difficult. So I have okay. number six is the original one. And that's the one I was okay. trying to, that's the one that's sort of had the most variation. It's going to climb up too, because like once you, you know, I know, I had it higher and I actually bumped it down a little bit lower, because then number five, I have Hobbs and Shaw just because okay. I think, like you're saying, it's fun. It's the characters. I mean, like, there's a lot about the first one that I love. But there's also a lot about it that, like, feels as almost as removed from the franchise as Hobbs and Shaw is in a way. Like, it's not the same franchise that we're at now. You know what I mean? Like, it is. Yeah. But it's not. Okay. Number five, Hobbs and Shaw. Number four, Furious 7, which dropped a little bit for me. I think that at number three. I, I can't help but think after I talked to Kate. And that one actually might fall a little bit. Like, I think it's, for the most part, great and I think that's a lot of fun, and I really like it, but I just kind of have to imagine what it could have been. Yeah, she did open our minds to that, huh? Number three, yeah. Tokyo Drift. Number two, okay. Fast Five, and number one, Fast and Furious 6. So I think one and two are firmly one and two, and maybe firmly one and two yeah. forever, in some order. For I mean, while. they could flip-flop there. From Tokyo Drift to Furious 7 to Hobbs and Shaw and the first one, those four are, you know, I don't know, it could, it could in any order. I don't know. It's it's gonna be hard. I'm I'm dreading doing next time, but that was always my intentions is to give it five and and really dig into it. But I remember the first like serious rankings that we did. I I had to like dig. Like it's hard. So I respect that you did it. So right now, on average, from the top down, we have everyone's favorite movie is Fast Five, and then Fast and Furious Six, and then Furious Seven, and then the original, and then okay. Tokyo Drift, and then Too Fast, Too Furious, then Hobbs and Shaw. Then Fast and Furious number four, and then Fate. So Hobbs and Shaw falls like low. Well, seven. we only have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven rankings, and there's nine, six, five, nine, six, three, five. You don't include my goofy ones in the rankings, no. do you? No, it's it's a small sample size, 
But again, I think It'll people like there. it. It's just, I mean, it's not everybody likes it. You know, Justin Kleiman didn't like it. Kate didn't like it. But everybody else is like, yeah, it's pretty good. It's you in the middle. And they, everybody's putting it right around six. It, it falls in seven in our list. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that'll sort of just about do for this episode. I mean, come back next week, of course, for our You Are My Lifespan. It's so fucking good. I, I don't want to spoil it, but like, yeah, we, we, we just, just, we recorded, just recorded it before, before we recorded this. this. So it's fresh in our and brains. Fucking incredible! It is. Uh, it's everything I wanted in you are my life. Wildly dirty. I said words that I never thought I would say. Recorded. <laughs> At least one in particular. I'm thinking of. Just like, boy, I know exactly what word you're thinking mm-hmm. of. You, because you just like came to it and you were like, wow, I don't, I don't think I've ever said that word out loud. I, I, mm, I wonder if I have. I probably have, but like in like a clinical sense. Yeah, exactly. Never in a. Uh, I've, I've never sense. said it. <laughs> yeah, I've never read it. That's for sure in a book or anything that's not a comment on Pornhub. Yeah, so come back next week for You Are in a Lifespan Chapter <laughs> 3, and then our driving school lap, our Brian O'Connor lap, officially kicks off in two episodes with The Fast and Furious Lap 5, Episode 1. For all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com, slash Too Fast, Too Forever, or at Too Fast, Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Go over to Patreon at TooFastTooForever.com and support us over there to get voting rights and help us determine what we watch, literally what we're going to watch this lap. And if you support at a high enough tier, you can choose an entire lap yourself. The ball is in your court. That's a worrying proposition, but it's out there. So if you you want that, go do that thing. Again, most important than anything else, leave us a review if you want. Family at cageclub.me if you want to email us. Thanks again to all of our patrons over at TooFastTooForever.com. And we'll see you next week for You Are My Lifespan, Chapter 3. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And we'll see you next week for YAML, Chapter 3, right here on Too Fast, Too Forever. <laughs>